0: Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince, Noah Hulahan. I don't know if I can do this one, man.
1: I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have to do our best.
0: I'm with me as always as TV's Noah Houlihan. It's Razzie month. Razz. Oh,
1: guys, this movie is really bad. <laughs> this movie is really, really bad. Uh, So, before we get into it, because we want to delay from talking about this movie as much as possible, uh, a few corrections.
0: Corrections.
1: (laughs) I meant to say this earlier. Um, I made some incorrect statements about Michael Morbius. Oh, boy. As a character. I talked about how he actually didn't want blood. He wanted plasma. Mm -hmm. But this was based off of the Fox cartoon. In the Fox cartoon, they weren't allowed to say blood.
0: I figured.
1: So they changed it to plasma. In the comics, it's very specifically not plasma, <laughs> it's very much blood. And I was talking about how he did like the sucky thing with his hand. Yeah. Uh, that's because they couldn't show him biting people. <laughs> yeah. So I was wrong, and I apologize. So shout outs to Just a Danish Guy Reviews and Mo for correcting me. <laughs> And Mo- that has been corrections. Any, any other corrections we can talk about before getting into this film?
0: Uh, no, I usually correct you in real time when I think of it.
1: Okay. Let's pour one out.
0: Uh. What do you got there, Lara? I have water. This was not worth a real effort drink. All right.
1: I have the blonde. You see, we like to get those... Weird flavored Cokes that come out. Yeah. So this is the limited edition Coca-Cola move. And then I added a shot of Fireball and a shot of tequila. And this is the blonde. Because like this movie, it's a bunch of stuff I don't like haphazardly thrown together with no interest in how things will work together as a single unit. Ah, gross!
0: I've seen how much tequila you put in it.
1: Oh, that's that is a mistake.
0: What? So was this movie? Yeah. So was agreeing to watch this movie. Okay. So this movie is NC seventeen. That's like the first thing this movie wants you to know.
1: I didn't know that. It's NC seventeen. Yes. A lot of things make sense
0: now. (laughs) Yes. um, It's NC-17 for all the reasons you think it is. Uh, This is also a moment to mention that like, I am not a fan of Joyce Carol Oates. Okay. Who is the author of the book on which Blonde is based. And I want to set something up right now. Okay. I just want to talk about uh, a tweet from october 2021 joyce carol oates responding to a picture of a cute little townhouse with a bunch of skeletons climbing the house a Mm. halloween decoration very cute very clever and honestly probably difficult to pull off game recognizes game this looks lovely you can always recognize a place in which no one is feeling much or any grief for a lost loved one or death, dying in everyone you love, decomposing to bones is just a joke. So I, I just want you to think about how concerned Joyce Carol Oates is with respecting the dead. Anyway, here's Blonde.
1: <laughs> Do you think she hates Skelly Man more than me?
0: I hate her more than you hate Skellyman.
1: okay all right so here there's two things that are gonna happen during this review. Uh, I'm going to try to keep things light and Laura is going to get unbelievably angry and I'm gonna just try to to, to ride that wave with you guys and keep us all safe.
0: Noah has to take a sip of his drink every time I say I will have turned this movie <laughs> off by now.
1: Yes, and then this is the other part of the game. After every scene, we'll stop and discuss how close we were to turning the film off forever. <laughs> and that will be how we get through this. Guys, if, if you were... Listener.
0: If you were thinking about
1: watching this movie, don't. First off, yeah, do not watch this before you listen. Second, if you were in the room with us right now, I would be We would be holding hands in a circle, supporting each other, because we're going to get through this episode.
0: <laughs> Kicking and screaming, but we're going to get through it. I legitimately considered not recording this. Yeah. Also, I want to drop the Heather's content warning.
1: Yes, but please do. Um,
0: this movie handles everything poorly. Yes. And I cannot in good conscience recommend this to you if... Uh, sexual violence is an issue for you, sexual content in general, if abortion's an issue for you. Um,
1: Drug use, child abuse.
0: Bad cinematography choices.
1: Yes. Strobe lights. That is my first note. Yes. How bad the strobe lights were. Yes, work.
0: actually, there is, <laughs> if you are sensitive to flashing lights, this is not a film for you. Yeah. Uh, if you like movies, this is not a film for you. Yes. If you respect Marilyn Monroe or yourself, this is not a film for you. Yes, if you have
1: working eyes and ears, this is not a film for you. We are building this one up. All right.
0: So we start with the flashbulbs capturing the iconic moment of Marilyn Monroe standing on the grate.
1: Yeah, and I just, my note just simply says, open with unpleasant strobe. Because honestly, I couldn't tell you what was being filmed. Because it hurt my face to look at. And like that should have been the sign.
0: It it's like, shot- oh, this f- this film is not meant to be viewed. Yeah, it, the shot is very disorienting. Uh, that's that's really like one of the first things. Yes. So then we get the title card, and it's "Blonde" written in cursive, except the "e," which is written in like crayon.
1: In like crayon, yes. I have one more disclaimer before we move any forward that I nearly forgot about. Absolutely. I don't know how clips are going to work in this episode. There's a good chance that they'll be sound only. Sorry, YouTube. Uh, Because there's so much nudity and violence in this film, I don't think I can include any actual clips on YouTube. Especially nudity. Yeah, so there's that as well.
0: So... L.A., 1933.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: my, my next note is, this looks like a parody of art movies.
1: Yes! My first note is, we're in 4-3 because it's the past. Um. And if you don't know what I mean by that, like, televisions used to be square, and now all televisions are widescreen. Yes. And it, so if you watch, like, Friends or Seinfeld or something, they have the black bars on the side because... They didn't have high def back then, and that's the. It was. This film has been edited to fit your screen. Uh, for this, though, it's just arbitrarily in four three, because they did. Don't really have a reason. Oh,
0: here. the aspect ratio changes several times oh, throughout yeah. the film, <laughs> uh, which is kind of one of the issues because there's also. It, should we address the color yet? It, that we're in like sepia tone right now, right? Yeah.
1: I, it'll come up naturally. Uh, so there's this insane scene where I'm going to try my best to explain this. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, who's being called by her real name. Norma Jean. Which is Norma Jean, uh, is with her mother. And she's like eight years old. And her mom goes, look, it's your father.
0: Yeah, it's her birthday. And she's getting a surprise. Oh, it's
1: her, okay. And she's getting surprised.
0: And the surprise is that she can look upon this portrait of her father.
1: Yes. The shot is very Wes Anderson. It, in that the camera is steady and then an arm comes in from like off screen to point. And my first thought is, oh, it's going to be one of these films.
0: (laughs) And, you know, when I think of something looking like a parody of art films, I think of it looking like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Because, like, Wes Anderson is essentially sometimes self-parodying at this point. (laughs) And the
1: dialogue is, and I'm not exaggerating. (sighs) Look, Norma, this is your father. This is your father. And she goes... That's my father?" And her mom goes, shush. Look. That man is your father. My father? He's my
0: father? Shh. So yeah. you, that's not, that's like She's having a conversation with you. <laughs> well, what this is trying to very quickly establish is that Norma's mother is quite unwell. Right. Because uh, the little girl reaches out to touch the photo and her mother scolds her and swears her to secrecy. So she's like, clearly unhinged. We see her fall asleep on her mother's bed and her mom puts a towel under her face so she doesn't drool on the bedspread.
1: Yes. This cracked me up because she has her shoes on. So she's like, oh, don't drool, but you can go ahead and wear your dirty Mary Jane's.
0: It's like, so crazy. Norma Jean is like half asleep, and the photo starts to talk to her and promise he'll come back for her one day. Which is Norma dreaming. Like, so far, it's not that weird because she's like seven or eight years old having a dream. It's
1: that weird in that we are three minutes into this film. You have not earned this. Like, in the first couple minutes of the film, it's very important that you take your audience, it's like introducing. To a new person. Like, here's a new person. Here's some things about them that are good that make you care about this person. But the fact that we're already insane (laughs) is awful. I want to also say that the guy in the picture looks like a film noir detective played by Officer Garcia from Reno 911.
0: I believe he's intended to look like Clark Gable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They failed. Because he looks like the voice of the Taco Bell dog.
0: Later that night, Norma Norma Jean's mother awakens her and throws her into the car as ash fills the air. Because it's a California wildfire. But the mother drives toward the fire near the Hollywood land sign as other motorists are flashing their high beams at her and honking their horns to try to warn her. Yes, And Norma Jean is... Sensibly afraid.
1: Uh, My note here says, this movie was written in all caps and bolded. Because it's just insanity. Like, everywhere they walk, there's like ash falling and it's black and white except for the fire. It's like, what? Like, it's, it's, Remember when I was talking about Morbius and I was like fun with CGI? Yeah. This is kind of the opposite of that where it's like unfun <laughs> with special effects. It's just like, look, it's there. That must have meaning. And <laughs> I, it made me think of something my film teacher taught me. Okay. Years ago, which was I was working on a, 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 a project and there's a moment where something happens in reverse. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, why, why is that in reverse? I was like, it represents his backwards thinking in this moment. And he went, well, good symbolism always starts with a thought. And I laughed because I thought it was the stupidest thing. Yeah. But this movie is nothing but this is symbolism. Of what? None. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> Ooh, we're going to hit on something real close. So Norma Jean's mom tries to convince a cop to let her through. She says she and her daughter have been invited to the little girl's father's house. I won't name drop, but we're invited guests and he has a fireproof shelter and we'll be safe there. And the cop's like, dude, go home.
1: <laughs> the cop actually says, listen, you're clearly drunk. You and your little girl need to drive home. It's like, wait, she's drunk? And you'll be like, why don't you drive out of here? <laughs> like, I understand it was like 1940, but I still think we were like, maybe aware enough to know not to drink and drive. <laughs> I know we had cigarettes for breakfast then, but still.
0: And so then we get this scene where Norma Jean's mother sits her in the tub. They're both naked. Norma yes. Jean complains it's too hot. As her mom orders her in and then tries to drown her daughter. Yes. And this scene is prolonged. Yes. And this is the first time I went, okay, I want to turn this movie off.
1: I sat there just with my mouth open. I said,
0: and I quote, I don't want to watch this anymore.
1: Because, like, there is no reason for the mother to be naked. At all. No. No. You have a naked little girl on screen.
0: I I will say you pretty much don't see anything on the child. You don't see anything,
1: but like there is a moment where she runs out of her house screaming and bangs on her neighbor's door. Like, we need help. We need help. And a guy opens the door and is like, what? And then her wife is like, cover her up. What are you doing? And I was like, this is so unnecessarily let's, let's go back
0: uncomfortable. To the, let's go back to what happened immediately when she's drowning the daughter.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, she screams that Norma Jean is cursed. You're the reason he went away. He didn't want you. Right. And that's when Norma Jean escapes and rings bells and knocks on doors. And, like, her neighbors are startled. The man kind of is in obvious shock. And the woman's like, oh my god, cover her up. The man does not, like... I, he does not like look at norma Jean in an unseemly way he genuinely is just like what what not it, yeah it's very much <clears throat> a
1: it's not like a an attraction thing it's just very much a uh a naked little girl just showed up at my house and she needs help and like she's stunned he's stunned and silent and kind of looks around I just I don't see how any of this is necessary it's not like, it, yeah, it's not, is the answer. <laughs> and and now we don't need to discuss it anymore.
0: So the neighbor woman like consoles Norma Jean as the father goes to handle it. And the next scene is, you know, okay, the doctors say she's well enough for you to visit her. Your mother's very mm-hmm. sick. And Norma asks where her mother is and it's at the hospital. Yes. And now it's in black and white for some reason.
1: Yes. I, the two things I need to point out is now it's in black and white just because. And two, we get narration. Yeah.
0: I, we I, got narration I, during the drowning scene, too.
1: Oh, yeah. But Your I. Your favorite thing. I just want to point out because there's a few things I like when we do these Razzie months to find, like, the secret theme yeah. that seems to run through all the movies. Narration is one of them. Like there's been a narration in a lot of these Risey films, yeah. So I just wanted to point that out, and then I wrote, "This is the worst."
0: Black and white. Now, for some reason, they pull into an orphanage, and we are led to believe that Norma Jean is left there. Uh, and then the next thing we know, she becomes a. We skip the rest of her childhood.
1: Yeah, she gets dropped off. She's like, "I'm not an orphan, though," and I was like, "How old are you <laughs> to, know, to know that word?" Just, I don't know.
0: When you learn the word orphan
1: i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> like orphans I, like one of the first concepts you learn because every hero in kids books is an orphan that's
1: true it's just it, i remember the way she said it was like no child speaks
0: like this yeah this guy doesn't write women or girls yeah, like or the, the point i'm trying to make here
1: that i just wrote quickly in my notes is they are ditching a child at an orphanage and the child's reaction is to try to logic her way out of it and not go, no, please don't. Which is how you would react in this situation.
0: I mean, I could see her... This is the door... Like, I hate defending this movie, but I think this is not the hill I'm dying on. Okay. I, I think in her mind, she is hoping that her mother's going to recover and take her home... Okay. And she's not an orphan. Her mother's alive. Don't send me to an orphanage. It's the admittance of her situation becoming permanent. Because you get the impression she was staying with those neighbors for a while. Right. And then her situation is now permanent. And <laughs> so, so. it's a door slamming. And she, she's not an orphan. She doesn't feel like she should be going to an orphanage. What are you doing? Stop.
1: And um, then we just cut.
0: Yeah, and now she's a pinup model under the name Marilyn Monroe.
1: Like, we do not learn how she gets the name Marilyn Monroe. No. We don't learn how she gets into the business. We don't learn anything that happens at the orphanage. It's just like, and now we're here. It's like, oh. 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 Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. So, uh, she's famous now. And when we see her go into an audition... And we see her, the first time we see her raped. Yes. Which is handled as abruptly and awkwardly as that sentence.
1: Yeah, she literally walks into a room and like starts kind of like the auditioning process. And this guy just kind of walks up to her and just pushes her down. And then you see the side of her face as she looks sad. As she is assaulted. And then that's just the end of the scene. <laughs> it's not like Marilyn then like learns and like grows from this situation. Like I don't understand how it's a plot point because I don't see how this event causes anything else.
0: No, like everything else in this movie, this movie is a disjointed jump from trauma to trauma Mm -hmm. with no connective tissue. Yeah, She gets the part. We see her in the movie theater as the man who assaulted her puts his hand on her knee in the theater. We see her in an acting class. She screams and melts down and then someone tells her to come back. It's her acting instructor and she giggles as she comes back to herself. Uh, And then I have the note here I feel like I'm watching an emotional snuff film.
1: Yeah, that is a great definition of what this movie is.
0: Uh, I want to turn this off. Screen test for Don't Bother to Knock. She auditions to be a woman who kills her child and uh, very understandably flashes back to her childhood. Uh, And we're back in color.
1: Okay. (laughs) I need to explain this because this infuriated me. She comes in and she's reading lines with the director. She gives an incredible performance. Yeah. Like. Like, credit to the actress in this scene, as well as what is being displayed here, which is Marilyn Monroe being an amazing actress. Granted, she's causing all she is uh calling on her own past trauma, which is Stanislavski.
0: Which was very in vogue at the time, it must be pointed out.
1: Right. Exactly. What happens here? She gives the greatest audition you could ever hope for. And then she gets up and leaves. And the director and like producer and <laughs> camera guy just kind of look at each other and go, wow. She's insane. She, she did the thing you asked her to do. Like, if I invited a plumber over and the plumber came in, I was like, the toilet is just all, all backed up. And then he went in there and fixed the toilet. and My response was, wow, he fixed the toilet. What a psychopath. It was full of poop. No, that's the thing you asked for. How can this be your reaction? And then they're like, hey, Mickey, whoever this guy smoking by the door is, what do you think? And he looks at Marilyn Monroe walking away and goes, that kid's got a great ass. So what the movie is trying to tell us is Marilyn Monroe is not a good actress. ...is crazy... ...but because she's attractive... ...she was able to get somewhere. Which is the most disrespectful thing... ...you can do to the poor woman of Marilyn Monroe... ...who did in fact have... ...a tough life. But she was an incredible actress... ...and I don't know why this movie is dead set... ...on taking that away from her. And secondly the ass was not a sexualized body part in the 1950s do you know that i I did some research no it did no it did no it did some research and that was not like where glances were going back then I I read this whole thing of like of course people had different points of view and everybody had their own taste but like a More than ever, (laughs) the ass is a uh, praised asset (laughs) in today's society. It's not... It wasn't in the past.
0: I'm not... Like, I want to do more research on that, but I don't think that's true.
1: The research I said that was it was all about, like, calves and legs and thighs.
0: Yeah, like... I think that is part of it because that's what was newly being shown.
1: Because mm-hmm. like pants were coming into vogue for women.
0: Whatever. Uh, she gets the part. <laughs> I, I don't care enough to argue about anything in this movie. I did
1: research.
0: That's lovely. So she gets the role and we get a shot of her in a mental hospital with her mother. And she throws herself on her mother and cries and her mother doesn't recognize her. And then I have the note of how many times has poor Ana de Armas had to cry already in this film. I'd also like
1: to point out that before she meets her mother, the guy in charge of the asylum is leadling, leading Marilyn Monroe through the asylum. And there's a bunch of people in like straitjackets in this room just like running into the wall. And he's like, there are some of our more troubled patients. It's like, why would you take the guests past that room then? Like, could you imagine if, like, if you were visiting someone in prison, you first had to, like, go through death row?
0: <laughs> no! It's insanity! So, her mother doesn't recognize her. It sucks. Uh, and then we see the end of Don't Bother to Knock, in which her character holds a razor to her own throat. Mm-hmm. Which is genuinely how the film ends. Right, right. And... Someone yells "cut," which obviously has a double meaning in this te- this context, and she hears her mother yelling at her to slash her own throat. Right. And then I have the note of "I genuinely don't want to watch this anymore." Yeah. Um.
1: We we discuss turning it off here, but we power through a little
0: more. <laughs> um.
1: Uh, I I have the note, suddenly there are subheadings because all of a sudden there's like a little thing that pops up that says what the year is. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is new. This is not an established thing that we've decided, but I guess we do this in this film now.
0: Uh, She gets good reviews and walks into a room and two men are playing Fur Elise on a piano. And she begins to slow dance with one of the men. And then there's like a tight, like the camera begins to tighten on the two of them. Like, an old movie where the focus narrows and narrows and narrows. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all, folks, kind of. Yeah. And my next note is the director sure do like himself. Yes. The, this movie is so over-directed.
1: The note I have here is, you know those videos that are like steamed hams, but every seven seconds it's a different animator? Yeah. That's how this feels. Like, so, like every scene, they were like, we're going to hand this over to Greg. And Greg's like, I think this is going to be black and white and mostly in slow motion. And the next person's like, all right, Steve, you take it from here. It's like, okay, bright color and subtitles. So, uh, all right. <laughs> it's your seven
0: seconds. So, there are two men. And I have to point out, these two guys look so similar that... It took me a moment to realize they were two different guys. It was the king's daughter all over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Casting people who look too similar in different roles. Other sub-theme of the Razzies this year. And they stare at Marilyn and tease her and call her a prude.
1: Yes. And
0: seduce her?
1: They seduce her. Because they say basically like, our bodies are meant for pleasure and let's fool around. So these two guys just kind of start disrobing. And, dear listener, I swear to God, it looks exactly like the orgy scene from Zoolander.
0: My next note is that... I wanted to remind you you said that. That was my next note.
1: Like, there's this scene where... Uh, oh, oh, what is what is her name in this... in? Uh, Zoolander Because I know they just keep calling her Kmart But I know that's not her name <laughs> Melanie from Hey Dude Matilda Matilda. Uh, Matilda's like in the center And then like Derek starts kissing one shoulder And Hansel starts kissing the other And she just kind of closes her eyes And vibes That's exactly what happens here And then the camera gets all blurry and weird It's so bad And then, while they're having sex, it goes back to that shot where her face is sideways and it's just a close-up of her face while sex is happening to her. This is when I was like, really like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing as a director. Because you can't use that shot again. Because that's the shot you used during the assault. And if she's meant to be happy here, you shouldn't be invoking that.
0: And then there's a waterfall. And then there's a waterfall out of
1: nowhere, and I yell,
0: my body will be dashed upon these rocks. My note here is the director likes the smell of his own farts. I oh, uh, uh, and this is less sexy than 365 days over two. Why we, oh, we could have been wanting that. At least we'd have music 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 cigarette potato.
1: uh this is where we stopped watching. <laughs> uh yeah, it, we were like we need a break.
0: No they're they're in the theater and the same two men are apparently like having sex with her in the theater.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that.
0: And we find out their names are Charlie Chaplin Jr. and Edward Robinson Jr. Yes. And tabloids start to come out calling her a sex pot. And that's where we stopped watching.
1: So we take a little break. uh, And then we plan to watch it the next day. And we just couldn't bring our bodies to do it. And then another day went by and we sat down and we forced ourselves to press play.
0: So we find out she's in the movie Niagara, and that's why the. the why the
1: waterfall happened. They
0: awkwardly stitch in the movie she's in into her weird, awkward sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really long talking scene between her and her boyfriends that is shot. She's just on a plain white background, and they're in a room. Yeah. So it's shot like she doesn't even. like she's not there, but she likes them. Because when her agent tells her to stop seeing them, she resists that. Mm-hmm. And she also consistently talks about her and Marilyn being different people. Which I do understand. A lot of people will talk about having an alter ego, especially if they are famous. Like, mm-hmm. they're... You hear it with a lot of YouTubers. You know, like, I am not my handle.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of like
1: I am not pokey main,
0: yeah, like Mark the person versus Mark, Markiplier. Markiplier, yeah, Matt Pat versus a person that's probably less annoying,
1: Matthew Patrick,
0: yes, um, I don't know why I felt I've, I'm in, <laughs> she's so punchy guys <laughs> i am so miserable right now, uh, so she talks about how much she loves them, and they take a vow together on the beach that they are a triangle that cannot be divided. They talk about the stars and Gemini. Yeah, Gemini. We're like twins, except there's three of us. Real line from the movie. <laughs> they are 14 and this is deep. Yeah, and then... We get to
1: widescreen for some reason. <laughs> and they just show sperm... Yep. (laughs) Just like sperming around, getting to an egg. Uh, We then cut back to four or three for reasons. And Marilyn is pregnant.
0: Yes. Now I want to point out the stage of fetal development. The stage of fetal development that we see is not consistent with what we see Marilyn look like. She's at the doctor, and she claims, I want the baby. My husband and I have been trying for years. She's not married. She <laughs> hasn't told the boys yet. Like, th- th- that sentence
1: made me so confused, because I was like,
0: for years? She's lying to the
1: doctor. You're married? Okay. She's
0: lying to the—I mean, it's still the 50s. Okay. So she's lying to the doctor. She's probably there under a false name, or she's there under norm- her real name— knowing that the doctor doesn't know her real name. Yeah. So she shows up at a restaurant in tears to the men. She's thrilled. Yes. One of the guys is like, yo, that's great. I love it. And the other guy's like, it's ah, great.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't get a real read on like how they were feeling. Uh, but th- this is... One of the most infuriating things to me. I don't know why this upset me so much, but they kept showing this like fully formed baby in the womb. Yes. They just kept showing it. But then they would show Marilyn and she didn't look pregnant at all.
0: No, like Marilyn would be safely third try, excuse me, first trimester, maybe in her fourth month. Mm -hmm. Uh, She looked more with Sandwich than with Child, if anything. Oh, I don't
1: even think she looked like she was with Sandwich. (laughs) She, She looked the same. And I know she looked the same because she's wearing the same outfit. For a lot of the film. For so much of the film. It is the same outfit, the black shirt with the polka dot pants that she's wearing in the audition before she meets the Gemini Twins. Did they just not buy more costumes? Because I defy you to tell me that this was a directoral choice that meant something.
0: And it was just like ah, put her in the pants again. We don't have to buy—we don't have to buy more clothes. No, there's no no choices made in this. Um, so she she has a salary dispute over *Gentlemen Wear Blondes*. She is supposed to make less than her co-star. Uh, despite the fact that she is the blonde in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes.
1: Yes. She would be making five hundred dollars a week. Yeah. And so like by the end of it, she would make five thousand and the other girl would make a hundred thousand.
0: Yes. And she goes to visit her mom again. Oh is-
1: are we gonna skip all over her hanging up the phone going, Marilyn's not here right
0: now? Marilyn fuck marilyn she's not here why oh because she's dead yeah (laughs) i was gonna ah she's the actress starring in a bad dream this whole film is a bad dream she goes and visits her mom who's in the bathtub much like taylor swift is during the look what you made me do video are you Mm -hmm. happy now uh yes and i'm very happy She talks to her mom, who's, like, not paying attention to her at all. Yes. And she's like, but you did the right thing. You had your baby. I'm like, she tried to kill you. Yes. In a tub. Yeah. Like, why are we invoking
1: that scene right now? Like, again, this director keeps doing things that, like, creates a pastiche that clearly he doesn't actually want But he just keeps doing it, where it's just like, yeah, we use this shot again, and we use this setting again, and we use this costume again. But none of it relates to anything. You cannot draw a line between, like, why this scene's in color and why this scene's in black and white, why this scene's in widescreen, why this one's in 5.3, why she's in the same costume, why they use the same shots. Every element of this movie is bad.
0: (laughs) In an interview with the British Film Institute, Andrew Dominic says the seamless shifts between blonde color and black and white scenes have no real story sense. Rather, the director was simply trying to know Marilyn Monroe's life through visuals. Um, Those are contradictory statements. (laughs) um, So it says, like, it seems to be a creative choice made to give the film's visual aesthetic a boost to recreate certain moments so they would stand out more. So there's no reason. It's arbitrary. Let let me recap that.
1: They asked him, hey, why is it turned black and white? And it's like, not for any reason, but so that you could know something more. So there is a reason. No. But I wanted you to realize something. Oh, I want to punch him. I hate this man.
0: They create a sense of mystique for the audience as the film aims to know Marilyn Monroe beyond the images of her life. This is all from Screen Rant. Uh, (laughs) meh. No, they don't. It's just, ah, there's not color there. So she calls someone and says she needs help. And then she goes through a brightly lit garden in sunglasses to get into a car.
1: Yes. Uh, it it should be noted that... Her, the doctor taking care of her mom says, uh, "You know she's ill. There's, she has a mental illness." And Marilyn says, "Is it hereditary?" And the doctor goes, "What?" And then the scene ends. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> like that's the whole scene. But we are meant to to get ga- to gather. That she's decided she doesn't want to curse her child with this. Yeah. So she's going to have an abortion done. But then, as she's riding in the car, she sees a stop sign and then she's like, I've changed my mind. Because she saw something that said stop.
0: She saw the sign and it opened up her eyes. She saw the sign.
1: Yeah. Without understanding. That is... Probably. That should be the subtitle for this film. <laughs> uh, so, then we get an abortion scene.
0: While she's she- screaming, saying, no, stop, I've changed my mind.
1: Yes. Uh I want to do my best to describe the scene in our home as this is happening. I'm... Convinced I'm not actually seeing what I'm seeing. This this scene is shot like the get ready for this sentence bicycle torture scene from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Jesus, (laughs) like it's that like creepy, unsettling. What is this? Is this isn't real, right? Laura then yells. There is no evidence that Marilyn Monroe's ever had an abortion.
0: No, uh, I did. I did some research. There is no evidence she ever had an abortion. Uh, she did have. She did have miscarriages. Uh, they were for uh, in her marriage with uh, Arthur Miller, and she wanted that child.
1: Yeah. They then cut to a camera shot. That has only until this moment existed in hentai, which is an inside the vagina shot.
0: Oh god, I forgot.
1: And like, it's, it's, I'm so, so, I'm so sorry, I'm describing this. It starts out like completely black, and then like. Opens up. There's a noise. And then you're seeing the doctor. Like, coming in. We then get a shot of the baby again. Which is a full... Looks like the baby from Death Stranding. Like, this would protect you from black space monsters. And... uh, Laura looks at me and goes... I think we're done. And then I pause the movie. And there's still... An hour and a half left
0: to this film? <laughs> I would have turned this movie off now if I hadn't yet. I literally don't want to watch the rest of this. Honestly, anything beyond this point I'm watching is purely for the show, and I genuinely want nothing to do with this. That's what my notes say there.
1: So, we have the movie paused. <laughs> I look at Lara and I go, Hey, do you, in your research... Already know what happens with Kennedy. And Lara explains to me.
0: Uh, that it is done as a non-consensual scene. She is drugged. I was like,
1: okay. We then fast forward through the rest of the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: She spends time with Arthur Miller. Yep. She spends time with Kennedy. She does a lot of drugs. She looks for a... Uh, A stuffed tiger she had when she was a child. Uh, She does more drugs. She passes out on the bed. And as she dies, she sees the picture of her father come back to life. And then the movie ends. And that's
0: the review you're getting for this film. I Uh, did. I straight up refused to watch the rest of this movie. And I think you should too. I want you to know... That we really tried.
1: (laughs) This movie is over three hours long. (laughs) And we watched more than an hour of it. (laughs) Like, we watched a third of it. And you know what? I can say without a doubt. This is the worst movie of the year.
0: This is the worst movie I've ever seen. This is easily
1: the worst movie I've ever seen. In the, the course of doing this show, there has been a few things that made us want to turn it off. Uh, we've turned off things because they would make bad episodes before. Yeah. Like, we, we've brought up Time Traveling Bong a few times. And, like, for the record, we, we watched an episode. where are like, I think this is going to be a bad episode. Left it to the patrons, and the patrons were like, you don't need to watch this. Yeah. There was a few, like, game shows we watched that were like, this isn't an episode. Yeah, and then... Yeah. This is not what we're talking about here. No. This is, ooh, we should just stop watching it because it's not worth it.
0: Yeah, because when we're talking about, oh, this would make a... Because you kept telling me, I was like, I hate this movie, and you're like, it'll make a good episode. And... We started to hit a point where I no longer cared whether it would make a good episode mm-hmm. because it was genuinely harmful. Cuz like
1: the directory, the director's choices in this film are the room level bad. Like a level of absurdity on par with Pictures of Spoons. Yes. The big difference is, The Room was not about the Holocaust. If it was, we wouldn't all sit around and laugh at it. Because the subject matter is so terrible. Right. This is a level of incompetence as a director and a writer and a storyteller that should be mocked but on the other side of that lens is just misery.
0: (laughs) For Dominic, Blonde was his first attempt, this is from the Wikipedia page, at developing a film featuring a woman at the center of the story. During a screening of his Oscar-nominated Western, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, Dominic stated, it's a different thing for me to do. The main character is female. My films are fairly bereft of women, and now I'm imagining what it's like to be one. And... This movie shows that he's never tried to think like a woman ever in his life, ever. And it was based on a book written by Joyce Carol Oates, who you know was real worried about being respectful to the dead uh, when she was right talking about skelly men on the, on someone's mm-hmm. townhouse. Um. My first thought is she's so. This is a house that does not know grief, and I'm like anyone watching this movie. This movie. Is triggering. Yeah. For it's even if you're like, oh, I can handle it because it's like, it's just going to be a biopic. It's so dedicated to visceral suffering.
1: Also, like when you sit down to watch a biopic, it's for two types of people. Fans of said person or curious people of said person. Mm -hmm. And like, because remember when we watched uh, Diana, which is a much more enjoyable Razzie film to to watch. One of the things I kept bringing up is they're taking for granted that the audience already knows the story. And Blonde does this kind of. Because, like, it's not going to stop to tell us why her name's Marilyn Monroe, like where that stage name came from. It's not going to stop to tell us about, like, The highs and, like, her becoming a star. Like, nowhere in this film do we see Marilyn Monroe appreciated. No. Like, she never interacts with a fan. She's never told she's a good actress. We have all these scenes explaining that she's not. She's just crazy and attractive. It's really worries me about this man that directed this.
0: Apparently we didn't make it to Arthur Miller, Yeah, but some of the scenes with him do genuinely show a positive relationship for her.
1: That's that's exciting to know, Uh, but I will never watch them. (laughs) I will never watch this movie Uh, because...
0: It never... Uh, talks about her relationship with Ella Fitzgerald, which is one of the most modern-day fascinating things about her. Yeah. Um, Marilyn Monroe essentially would say, I will have a table at the front of this club if you book Ella Fitzgerald, who was a black singer at a time where it was difficult for black singers to get booked. Mm. And Marilyn would use her star power to get Ella Fitzgerald bookings and she'd be true to her word she'd be at that club to support mm. her friend and that's an interesting progressive thing uh, this movie also has the very poor timing to come out shortly after the overturning of roe v wade mm. and showing abortions marilyn monroe did not there's no evidence that she had showing them in this light Makes this movie seem bizarrely Mm -hmm. pro-life, but not, like, but not well. Like, it doesn't really do what it wants to
1: do. I I, I swear to you, the thought process was, Marilyn's going to have an abortion, but we need to show her changing her mind or else she'll be a villain. Because people who have abortions are evil. Which is insane
0: because there's no reason to include an abortion in this movie. Because it wasn't confirmed to be part of her life. It wasn't imp- like... I, I
1: really worry about the director because what I feel happened here is he's lived a Hollywood life where he's seen women distri- mistreated and one day was like, that's probably real rough for them. I shall tell their story. But that's the only interaction he had with women, is them being mistreated by Hollywood. So that's all he has to say.
0: Yeah, I just, I hate, I hated everything about this movie. I wanted to turn it off 10 minutes in. We made it about an hour and a half. It was just bad.
1: Yeah. And it it brings me back to the argument I have every year about the Razzies. What are the Razzie Awards? Is the Razzie looking for the 100% worst movie of the year? Because if they are, it's Blonde, and they nailed it this year. If you hadn't heard, Blonde won. And if you're looking for Zero Has No Value, boom, it's this film. Yeah. This film should not exist. It's so bad. But is the Razzie's supposed to be that? Or is it supposed to be the best worst film? Because when I think of the Razzie's and like past winners, I think about Catwoman and all about Steve and the cats And cats. Like, films that like you gotta see this movie, it's so bad. Like, a movie that you watch with friends and are like, and make fun of. Yeah. To me, that's what a, a Razzie should be. Based on the information and data we've gotten this year, A that's,
0: Razzie should be a morbid time. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, the reason it's called uh, a Raspberry is, you know what a Raspberry is, right? <laughs> I wouldn't do that in the face of Blonde, because it feels weird. I would do it to Morbius.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, like, I really think the the Razzies are in a very weird place right now. Like, they gave themselves the Razzie for worst actress because they nominated
0: The Little Girl from, the little Fire girl from
1: Firestarter. Uh and I think back to the things I liked about the Razzies, where, like, uh, 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 Sandra Bullock accepted hers.
0: Yeah. And Halle w- Berry accepted and Halle hers.
1: Halle Berry accepted hers. And, like, Halle Berry made fun of herself. She did, like, the same speech with a few word change that she did when she won the Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Bullock came in and, uh, read the script from All About Steve and was like, I'm going to prove to you it's not as bad as you think. (laughs) And she just started reading it. It was fun. And like, if it still had like that spirit, I think you could do a thing where you give it to the girl from Firestarter and she comes out and she's like, you're a bunch of old white men who are going to die soon. (laughs) I have my whole career in front of me and I already got in a movie. What have you done? Like, you, if the spirit of the Razzies were more silly and fun... Yeah. It wouldn't be, you are the worst. And and it would have been fine. The identity of the Razzies is like this real nebulous thing to me now.
0: Yeah, it's feeling increasingly mean-spirited. This is the second or third... This is the second year in a row where they've had to pull back on an award because they did something unkind. Uh, I... I don't I'm not having fun with the Razzies as much anymore. No, it's it's weird. It's really
1: weird now. Because like I think back to how like they had what was it, undeniable truth one. I believe. I believe it won. Yeah. And Undeniable Truth won, which was... The Dinesh
0: D'Souza movie?
1: No, this was the My Pillow Guy movie. Oh, my bad. Where he was explaining that with undeniable proof that the election was stolen. And legitimately, no matter how you feel on that, I clearly don't believe the election was stolen. But no matter how you feel about it, that's not a movie. Nah. Like, no matter how you feel politically about that issue, if you sit down and watch it, you don't leave thinking, I just watched a film. And I think it might have something to do with the fact that to be a voter in the Razzies, all you have to do is pay. Yeah. And since anyone can vote based of their own, like, thoughts of what the Razzies should be... There's no clear like mission statement of what the Razzie should be. Agreed. And like now I'm just confused by it, and it's not it's not as fun as me sitting back watching the Lone Ranger like I used to.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it stopped being fun.
1: So yeah, I feel weird about about the Razzies now.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's just such a range of what bad has become to mean. Yeah. Of you get a movie that is pointless and soulless, like Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. You get a movie that feels more like what a Razzie movie, quote, quote, should be, in our opinion, mm-hmm. like Morbius. You get one that's just maligned because it's got a weird story to it, like The King's Daughter, mm-hmm. which genuinely was not as bad as it should have been to get a Razzie. Then you get, I guess, a forgettable
1: one. <laughs> you just forgot an entire one of the Razzies.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it, it was. It was. It was Pinocchio, the King's Daughter. Oh my God. Good I, morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes.
0: You have a throwaway movie like Good Morning. Mm-hmm. Like the, It's just not. I, I don't know. There was nothing remarkable about it. It was not very good. But mm-hmm. who cares? It's a genre movie for not, there are not a lot of great stoner movies. I mean, the the whole
1: like tagline of the Razzies is own your bad. And that made sense when you had a great director, let's say, have a bad film. Yeah. Or a
0: great star.
1: Yeah. And it was like, you are Amazing but man, that was bad. And they can kind of own it and kind of take the power back and be like, yeah, I want a Razzie for it, ha ha ha. Because, like, it's much better to watch Halle Berry, who is a superstar, an Oscar-winning superstar, who's been in some of the best films.
0: And an incredible actor.
1: An incredible actress. Uh, I love swordfish swordfish is one of my favorite movies i don't know if i've ever said that swordfish is great and then she takes a stumble she owns it and it's fine
0: i've always been a big defender of halle berry because that everyone gets on her about that line from x-men oh yeah that same thing that happens to everything else Mm -hmm. and that line seemed so weird to me until somebody told me it was a joss whedon line i was like oh then she wasn't directed properly in that line yeah Because it's clearly a Buffy-speak type line Mm -hmm. that she was directed to tell with Gravitas. Yeah. Like, that's what directors are for. Mm -hmm. No, this is a funny pre-Bond, this is a Bond one-liner.
1: Yeah. It's fine for us to take, because we were giving the awards to these people that were higher than us, these gods among cinema pointing out their mistake, laughing, and then enjoying their next film. The winner of Worst Director was Mod Son. Yeah. And that was a poorly directed film. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I even mentioned this in the Good Morning uh, episode. We couldn't. But
0: Our guest would have been super
1: yeah. upset. There is a a sequence where we're following, like, uh, the ma- Machine Gun Kelly's friends and Machine Gun Kelly. And whenever we're with Machine Gun Kelly, it's nighttime. Yes. <laughs> it's like, that's a directing mistake. But it's also his first film. Yeah. So we're not taking someone who is above everybody and being like, ah, Spielberg. Gotcha. You messed up. This wasn't great. Ha 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 ha. We're instead saying, taking someone who's like, I gave it my first try and be like, you stupid idiot, you're not a director.
0: This isn't us making fun of M. Night Shyamalan from going from Sixth Sense to the trees are going
1: to kill you. Yeah, yeah, like, it was fine to do that because, like, we already knew he was an amazing director. Like, giving it to Modson, which, again, if it's simply the criteria of who is the worst— Yes, I agree. Sun's film, Good Morning, is the worst directed film I, I saw.
0: Disagree. Oh, really? We watched Blonde.
1: We did watch Blonde. We did watch Blonde. <laughs> you, you bring up a good point. Uh, yeah, you know what? I take it all back. <laughs> it, it should go to this guy because this is a, a train wreck.
0: Who actually does? And he was nominated for an Oscar for. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford.
1: Yeah, it would make so much more sense to give it to him. <sighs> then ha- a
0: musician slash writer who's trying this for the first time. Yeah,
1: granted, my hatred for this film <laughs> makes me not want to ever talk to that man. Uh, but like, the Razzies need to figure out what they're going, to, what they're trying to do. Yeah, and as much as I like the Razzies. Their website is so, like, slapdash and terrible that when I signed us up for uh, to be members so we could vote for, yeah. for this show, part of me thought the website was dead. Because it looks like it was made on geosites.
0: Which I think is, like, intentional. Like, I think they wanted it to look kind of bad.
1: Right, and I get that. But, like, it hadn't been updated in so long. Yeah. That I was like, the Razzies, as a brand... Could mean something. Like, I feel like, I could be wrong, but if you went up to an average person and asked them to name some movie awards, Razzies would be something they'd come up with. Yeah. Like, they'd probably say Oscars, Golden Globes, MTV. Yeah. And then
0: Razzies... Probably at least one would say the Emmys.
1: Yeah, and someone would screw it up. But like... Razzies is kind of floating around, around like the People's Choice. It always
0: makes the news.
1: Nick Kids Choice Awards area. (laughs) Uh, So, the fact that they have this like brand that they could use and like. Do something. Make something of. uh, That they could use and like make something of is just so. Confusing, like the, to have these people just kind of sitting on it. Like, I'd love to talk to the creators of the Razzies and just be like, "What, what are we doing these days? What's, yeah, what's the mission statement?"
0: Yeah, I, I just, I didn't have a good time doing the Razzie movies this year. Uh, I, I don't know that we'll do them next year. I don't know
1: either. The uh, fan
0: base. I think what we might do is, I think. The Razzies were fun when we were using it as an excuse to watch specific movies. Like, this year I could have seen us being like, oh, Morbius, it's Morbin time. Because we would have wanted to cover Morbius Mm -hmm. because it's so consistent with our brand. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to watch. I think I would rather choose four for one month movies nominated for any Razzie.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll do something like that. Because I will say, we did get the feedback on the questionnaire that some people do not care when we do the Razzies, and other people say it's their favorite time of year. So, like, we can't please everybody. Uh, But I'd like to please us. (laughs) we're And we're grumpy. (laughs) I
0: I never want this show for anybody involved, for us or for you, to feel like something we are doing out of obligation. Mm -hmm. This episode in particular... I looked for literally any excuse not to do. Yeah. Like, I we had no time to watch anything else. We had no time to come up with a substitute film. I I I teased in the Discord that this move this was going to contain a first. This is the first thing we've ever done that we turned off. Yeah. And I I think that's saying something because I did not like Heathers. Mm-hmm. This was at Heathers level. Mm-hmm. Like we saw Heathers through the end because unlike this, Heathers had moments where you kind of thought they were writing the ship. Yeah. This never had a moment where I felt like they were writing the ship.
1: No. There there was never a moment where there was a ship.
0: Also, I <laughs> This ha- was a
1: submarine.
0: <laughs> Not to go the Pete Davidson short ass movies. I think any movie over two and a half hours needs a very, very good reason to be so. Mm -hmm. And I've been a big uh, believer that movies have become bloated. Mm -hmm. Most movies have become bloated. Uh, We have seen fewer and fewer, Mm -hmm. 90-minute, 100-minute, 110. Mm -hmm. We do not need every film to be two and a half hours. Yeah. Like... This movie's nearly three.
1: We were an hour in, and I didn't like Marilyn Monroe. You made me not like Marilyn Monroe. And it's not like I hated her or anything like that. There was nothing in that that was like, man, she's a person I want to cheer for because she's likable. No, it's just bad things happen to her constantly.
0: The movie is very much assuming you like Marilyn going in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about this. I can't... It's weird because this movie is tonally so dissimilar. Uh, Diana. Yeah. That being said, Diana treats Diana herself with love and grace. We are given reasons in the musical to like Diana. She's a Disney princess, essentially. Mm -hmm. She's an archetype, but she's an archetype the audience tends to know and love. And it works well enough. So that's right, guys. Diana was better than this.
1: Yeah.
0: I am. Diana. Diana's one we would have covered. Yeah. If we do the new idea of doing four to five movies done for any Razzie, which I think is what I'm currently leaning towards advocating for, because I think you and I would have done like, you know, one of the worst remake ripoff sequel nominees or something. Yeah. I'm going to pull up. My computer super died. Uh, So it's a good thing that we record on yours. Yeah. I mean, because I I will say this.
1: Like, I couldn't believe that a movie was going to be Pinocchio when I saw it. I was like, Pinocchio is miserable and awful. That being said, I had already had plans to watch it again because I want to do a video essay about it. I don't want Blonde to be part of a conversation ever again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: Like, I... Disney's Pinocchio, we could make fun of it. I didn't feel bad making fun of it. Uh, I didn't have any guilt whatsoever. I was like, ha ha ha, this movie is a shameless ripoff. LOL. I'm trying to find... No, the worst picture... They got rid of Worst Actress. Oh, okay, here we go. I was looking for worst remake, ripoff, or sequel. See, we could have done Jurassic World Dominion or Firestarter or 365 Days Over Two and mm-hmm. Three. So we could have done movies that might have been a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. I would not have any reservations, guilt, or disgust. Teasing Jurassic World Dominion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like that's more the spirit of. Because like, I don't I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, I was on Twitter because us and the patrons were all kind of watching the Firestarter story. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, this is kind of a thing that we're all kind of involved in because of this show. And I went on Twitter and I saw them tweet the, uh, the retraction. Mm -hmm. for nominating the girl from Firestarter. And immediately under that was a tweet that said, wow, the Razzies have lost all credibility. And I stared at it for such a long time going, is this a joke? Or do you really, are you really like, wow, I'm going to have to find another worst movie award show because this one's not cutting it anymore. Like... I don't understand what his stance on the Razzies and what they should be was. But I knew he was angry. (laughs) And thus I was like, I don't want to associate with this person. He was
0: angry we didn't insult a 12-year-old girl hard enough. Uh, It's just, I'm sad. Yeah, I... (laughs) Stay doomed. (laughs) Very much... I mean, it takes a certain kind of bad... To make us rethink what we do. Yeah,
1: it made us rethink our existence.
0: Because one of the things we talk about this in the postmortems all the time is when we're doing a series. For the most part, someone loved this. Like when we do yeah, a TV show, this is someone's show, baby. We can always find something redeeming in it because someone, except for Heather's, uh, we because somebody loved it. Yeah. And we always are able to look at these shows as someone's dream come true. And we've always been able to find a little bit of compassion for them. Mm-hmm. The films feel so much more cynical and cash grabby. And Pinocchio wasn't anyone's baby.
1: It, it, like, I feel like the best, like, TV equivalent was when we watched the remake of Mr. Ed. Yes. And it was clearly someone was just like, we got the rights to Mr. Ed, let's just make that.
0: Yeah, and you know what was fun? Making fun of that, and I had no guilt about (laughs) doing it. But this was very much a Stay Doomed. Yeah, Stay Doomed. I mean, if we couldn't get through it, and Mm -hmm. it's the first thing in nearly five years. This is the Mm -hmm. first thing in almost five years, because we will be approaching the five-year anniversary of Stay Doomed this August. Yeah. Get Hype. going to do something. I don't know what that is yet, but we're going to do something for it. Yeah. Uh, If you want to suggest something, you can join our Discord.
1: Yeah, by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash plus two comedy. And uh, thank you to Matthew for being a super cool patron. So,
0: is there anything we wanted to say before we get to our ending business here? Uh, My computer died, so most of my research was on my computer.
1: Good, I don't want to talk about this film anymore.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Uh, so, next week is going to be an on-the-road-with-plus-two comedy. Uh, the week after that, I'm going to have a little discussion with our patrons, because we owe them a patron's choice Yes, uh, we Yes, really,
0: we really do. Uh,
1: but I can confirm, at this point at least, it'll be something off the streaming service dropout. Yay. So we are finally doing something off of Dropout, which is the college humor streaming service.
0: If you can get me to stop watching Game Changer yes. for half an hour.
1: <laughs> so it's something we've discussed many times about doing, so we'll be doing that. And Game then, Changers
0: become my emotional support television show.
1: Yeah, and then after that, we got something else cooked up that's that's kind of special. Uh, so on the road, because we got to do Rassels, and then something from Dropout.
0: Also, we we sort of need a recovery week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Where can people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at staydoomed.
1: And if you want to talk to me about
0: college humor, I'm
1: at plus two comedy.
0: Uh, if you want to uh, literally, dis- if you want to discuss what you think the Razzies should be in your mind. I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.